episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on May the 27th, 2020. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, my partner in crime. Uh, your caffeine rage. On today's show, we will be discussing the May Game Club game, which was Yakuza Zero. We will discuss, reveal, whatever, our next Game Club game. Doom Eternal will be dropping De Nouveau Anti-Cheat. KSP2 has been delayed to 2021. Formula E driver Daniel Apt uses professional uses a professional gamer to compete for him in an esports race. And League of Legends will feature advertisements on in-game banners. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Good evening, Rage. Hello. Astute listeners will look will, will listen to that date and say, "Hey, that's not Tuesday. That's right. It's Wednesday." We didn't record on Tuesday this week. Yeah, we missed uh, our launch window. Uh, uh, there was a chance of lightning, uh, so we had to abort. Indeed, we did have to abort. There was a a chance, a hundred percent chance, of Jared's internet being down. Also known um, as Jared's internet being Jared's internet. Very true. There were were some not like horrendous storms, but some decent storms in the area over the last couple of days. Uh, and with like a complete service outage for as long as it was, my best guess is that like it knocked out something somewhere in my area. Um, and so we just didn't have internet for the better part of yesterday evening, afternoon, whatever. Um, it, it had, uh, it came back for a little while from like, I don't know, 11 to 1130 and then it went off again. And when I woke up this morning, it was working. Um, <laughs> but like first thing this morning, the AC guy was here. So I was like, oh, internet's working. Oh, man is here to fix my air conditioning. Yeah. Which yours was a lot more complex of an issue than mine. Because I had an AC issue too. But it was just a switch in the unit was bad. So he bypassed the switch for now. And we'll be back out uh, when the part comes in in a couple of days. I had a dead capacitor, so my AC unit wasn't turning on properly. And by that, I mean only at best, like, half the time. The The fan was working, but the fan was basically just running the whole time. Because it's like, ah, this is not getting cooler in here. And then every once in a while, it would get enough juice to kick on and run. But as soon as it turned off, after it cooled the house down, well, then it might not turn back on again for hours. I see mine was the reverse. Uh, the uh, the compressor was running and was uh, getting the system cold, uh, but there was something in the in the system where it wouldn't kick on the fan, so you'd feel a little bit of cool air just because of just the air, natural airflow, but it wasn't you know actually cooling the house. So if I if pretty much anything we did, it wasn't able to keep up. And if I started cooking, oh, forget it. Yeah. <clears throat> and then my other, well, I have two units at my house. Um, we have central heat and air for the majority of the house, but my office is a converted garage and isn't hooked into the, the central system. So it's got what's called a split unit, uh, which it's got an outside uh, cooling unit, but it's just smaller. And then it runs in through the wall to a, a small vent that just blows into the room. 
And that, that one hasn't been serviced since we moved in. Like I, we've never had it serviced. And the guy was like, man, I don't know if this unit has ever been serviced. So the people who put it in before us probably didn't service it either. It had leaked out or a bunch of it's Freon had leaked out. It was not cooling properly. There was some stuff outside that was restricting airflow into the unit itself. So right. it all cleaned uh, up. a neighbor's cat was uh, the skeleton of it was found in the fan. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. I didn't watch him do the whole thing, but I learned how to how to service air conditioners today, at least the basics. I mean, I can't change any parts that are broken. Actually, I, I might could, but I definitely don't have the tools to check like Freon levels and other things like that. But a lot of it's pretty simple. Just take some covers off and clean some vents and, uh, you know, check to make sure your airflow is not getting restricted by anything. And, you know, you're good to go. Yeah, pretty much... Uh troubleshooting our issue beyond the basics of you know check the filters uh, uh see if there's obstruction with the fan uh, all the youtube videos were like okay now break out your voltmeter and it's like this is way above our pay grade <laughs> i actually have a voltmeter i can i can do that like i could have i i mean i had no idea to look for uh a burnt out capacitor or dead capacitor or whatever like i had no idea to look for that i couldn't have fixed that before today but I mean, when he took it out and he was like, oh, yeah, this capacitor's dead. Like, it's only like showing this many volts and it should be doing, should have this many and, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh, cool. So you just check that with a voltmeter. I got one of those. <laughs> he was like, well, I wouldn't recommend that you pull out a capacitor. I'm like, oh, I know. You got to discharge them first and all that jazz. Like, mm-hmm. I know. I've worked on computer monitors before, like the old CRT ones. Those some bitches will kill you if you fuck up. So I know what I'm doing. I mean, I do now. Yeah, yeah, you gotta lick them first, right? God just charge right. the capacitor. That's right. You lick your fingers and you touch each end of the capacitor and you discharge it through a ground, which is your body. Don't do that, kids. Uh, at at best, you'll look stupid. At worst, it will kill you. Don't don't do that. So, but yeah, I can I can service an air an, an air unit a home a standard home air unit. Now he offered us a service contract at the end of the thing today, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. If it, if it really breaks, I'll call you. But I got this now. That's that's not exactly what I said to him. But yeah, I don't need you. Was, I don't need you. Just to the conversation. Peon. I don't need you. I can do your job. I don't actually. Even if I could, I don't want that guy's job. He works outside. It's hot or cold, I guess, depending on if you're fix, fixing a heat or an air unit time of year. It's never the right it's, temperature. It's dirty. You have to deal with people and bugs. No, no, thank you. He can he can do his job, provide that service. I'm more than happy to pay him when I need him. I'm I'm making myself sound like a real asshole. I I I swear I was really polite to this guy. I asked him lots of questions to you know in a condescending way. Like, <laughs> Definitely like, not in a condescending like, way. Like, uh, so so why are you doing this? Uh, I did the southern thing of offering him tea if he wanted some sweet tea. Do, do you want some artificially sweet tea? <laughs> You want some tea that's been sweetened with Splenda? I'm diabetic. I can't have the sugar. Obviously. It, it, <laughs> well, no. It's southern hospitality, y'all. Yeah. Be real polite. Yeah, offer yeah, a drink. Yeah, but it uh, probably creeped him out more when you're in your in your southern veil dress. That's yeah, probably. Yeah, a little bit of Scarlett O'Hara. My wife just shook her head like, "Oh God, here he goes again." She's just giving up at this point. She knows she can't stop me. Probably more thankful that you're actually wearing the dress this time. That's true. That's true. 
She does voluntarily see me naked sometimes, though, so I don't know. Take that as you will. Well, when was the last time she was at an eye doctor? <laughs> Touche. Boy, that came out a lot better than I meant it, but okay. Uh, I think I think it's been like two years. She doesn't have to go to the eye doctor as frequently as I do. She doesn't have as many problems as me. I got problems with my eyes. I got problems with my body. I got problems with my organs. Not all of them work right. I'm just a mess. Yeah, good thing you're not a horse. You would have been a bottle of glue years ago. <laughs> I'm going to buy a mug that says I'm as as strong as a horse if that horse had diabetes. <laughs> I'm, as, I've, I'm as strong as a horse in Elmer's glue bottle. <laughs> no, no, that's it. Uh, it's I'm as strong as a horse and it's a bottle of glue with a horse's head on it. On the uh, label. I'm going to find that shirt somewhere and buy it. I don't know where, but I'm going to find it. So, are you looking for it right now? Uh, I'm... <laughs> oh my god, I... Link? Link uh, me, please. Hang on. I did, did you actually steal this? Because... Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I saw that. Okay. I did not create the phrase, I'm as healthy as a horse if that horse had diabetes. No. I saw that mug. And I'm like, I have to have this in my life. I don't have it. I'm going to have it. I'm going to buy it. Oh, and underneath it is the ketchup robot from Rick and Morty. Uh, the butter one? Okay. No, the one that says, what is my purpose? Uh, that's butter. Oh. That's l- one of the few things I actually know from Rick and Morty because I've, I thought I, it was... I, I've avoided that show like the play because the fan base is... Ooh. No, I thought it was ketchup. Oh, well. Mess with the crabbo, you get the stabbo. Homosexual. Yeah, that describes me. I'm as big as a whale. Hey, self-deprecating humor. Uh, this intro to our, <laughs> our podcast about games sometimes is very representative of the game that we played for Game Club in May. Bam. Got it in. I got it. Worked it in there. Yeah, so time to go bowling? Just time to go bowling. Oh, hey, cousin. But you, you can go bowling in Yakuza 0, um, which is the Game Club game that we played, which, segue... Off of a segue. If this is your first time here for the game club thing that I just mentioned, (laughs) Rage and I very rarely (laughs) play the same game at the same time. Uh, We have different tastes in games and different approaches to the ways in which we go about playing these games. Uh, So game club is a way for us to actually play the same game at the same time. And then sometimes even by choice. Sometimes even by choice. That is correct. Um, for the month of May, we chose Yakuza 0, and have spent the last month playing it, and we're going to tell you all about it. Spoilers abound. Before, uh, granted, neither of us got super far. I got, you got farther than me. I got to nearly the halfway point. I think that's the first thing that we should really say is our, where we got to in the game. The game is broke up into a series of chapters, and I believe Yakuza 0 has 13 chapters. You looking that up? Yeah, I'm just seeing... Uh, and I'm trying not to read this. Oh, no, it has more. Sorry. Uh, it has... According to this, there's 17 chapters. Yeah, and an epilogue. So I, got, so I got to about one quarter of the way through, uh, which was chapter six. And No, that would be a third. Oh, I got sorry. to about a well, quarter. I'm in chapter four. Uh, well, well, you also have to remember that you know, the chapters aren't exactly linear in their uh, length. No. Uh, because, oh, okay, so let's just go our opening thoughts of Yakuza, what we liked and what we didn't like. So I would say my biggest bugbear with the game that you'll agree with is that 
there's times that the game makes some rather extreme demands on your time. Its pacing is terrible. Well, it's, Absolutely it, awful. It's a, it doesn't know what pacing is. It's a JRPG. It sort yeah, I guess. The, their, JR- the opening sequence is an hour and some change of practically all cutscenes. Yep, you have a little bit of interaction. You're walking around the street a little bit, and there's like a couple of tutorial things, but it's mostly, yeah, cutscenes and in-engine stuff. Yeah, and it kind of bounces between them at times of fully rendered uh, cutscenes. Uh, uh, really highly detailed and actually really impressive looking. Uh, then it goes to in-engine stuff, and it's just jar- Which is- It's a little jarring, though, whenever it's... Uh, yeah, still acting like it's a cutscene. Yeah, which the I mean the in engine stuff doesn't look bad, and if there was a better delineation between the two, or if it just stuck to in engine all the time, like it would be fine. Um, or or only when went goes, to full CGI or full uh, cutscene mode whenever something important was going on. But yeah, but sometimes in the same scene, it will bounce back and forth between something pre rendered and in engine. Oh, oh goodness, what's beeping? Your vibrator. I need to turn that off, actually. That's my Star Wars RPG alarm, but we don't play on Wednesdays anymore. So that alarm is useless. Carry on. Uh, well, you're the one that was talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I made, I said what I was going to say. Sometimes in the same scene, it will bounce back and forth between pre-rendered and in-engine footage. Yeah, and the thing is that also that uh, some of that is actually skippable, and then some of it isn't. All of it you can pause, thankfully, because uh, there's no yeah. there's no English voice acting. Uh, uh, the Yakuza series always have been Japanese voice acting only, and out of uh, Japan, they just do the subtitles, which is fine. Yeah, but at the same time, it makes it so that if you know, you're wanting to skip a long sequence, well, there's sometimes that you just can't. And this is a game that doesn't really lend itself that well it seems to replay outside of knowing something's coming up so you can prepare for it yeah i i will say my do you have any prior experience to the yakuza series Uh, yakuza zero is a prequel and there's been what five other main games or six and then there's a oh seven they they just released the seventh one in japan uh and it's coming uh the rest of the world uh later this year gotcha so yeah, the original Yakuza released on PS2, what, like 15 some odd years ago? Somewhere between 15 and I guess not quite 20 years because the PS2 didn't come out in the year 2000, but, you know, some somewhere around there. Um, and then they've um, released on... Let's see if I can find the release date. Uh, 2005 in Japan, and it didn't see a worldwide release date till 2008. Gotcha. So, I mean, the series has been going for 15 years. There have been now seven mainline games, apparently, and I saw that there were a few spinoffs when I was doing just, like, some cursory research. Um, and Yakuza 0 is, in in the, the timeline, the first, like, first in the, in the timeline. Um, and then the original Yakuza has gotten a remaster. Yeah, and the it's first two Yakuza Kiwami. Yeah, the first two have remasters, and they're slowly going through the series. Okay. So, um, you know, anyone who's, and, and I, I also have had no experience with it before because it's been PlayStation only by the time I knew it existed, I didn't have a PS2 anymore. I suppose I could emulate the older titles, but, um, 
you know, I, I had an Xbox 360 and then later an Xbox One. Um, th- that was just the console I played when I played games on console. So I completely missed the series. And this has been my first experience with it. Yeah, which so. uh, since it's a prequel to everything, it seemed like a really good place to start. You know? Yeah. So, but the game, yeah, go, we were talking ahead. about stuff that we liked or disliked in general. The game is, uh, I dislike that it doesn't let you just save forever. It's got a very old school way of doing saves, and you have to go to save points, which in this game are, are payphones. And then it, it seems at the start of every chapter, there's an auto save point. Um, for some reason, I lost like an hour's worth of progress and had to restart chapter two, and it just restarted me like at the beginning of like the chapter two cutscene. Yeah, and I want to highlight that the chapter start a save point is the only auto save points. So if uh, you have the game crash, if you have uh, you know just the power go out or something, and you haven't saved in a while, that is gone. Yeah, and uh, it's. Uh, you know, it's it's the 21st century, like pretty far into the. It's it's we're in the 2020s now. When this game re- released, it's Yakuza also Zero the current was, year. It's the current year. It released in Yakuza Zero was what 2017, 2018 when it first released. Uh, originally released 2015, actually. Okay, well, still auto save points were everywhere in 2015. Use auto saves. Just do it. That's bad game design. In I would say in, it's a very old school game design, and I think they're trying to keep with the rest of the series because in in I, I i i'm not saying that it, you're wrong in that i think it's they're trying to make it fit in with the game design principles of the first yakuza game yakuza one so they're trying to tie an old school game mechanic into a more modern game and it just feels jarring because of it mm-hmm. um i have mixed feelings on the sort of the wackiness of it. I don't know how much of this I like versus how much I dislike. And I will say up front, like I told you this when we were talking about this yesterday or a couple of days ago, like it's a really weird time right now. Like not only just in the world uh, for anyone who might be listening to this in the future, hi, future people um, or aliens or the robot overlords. Um, it's a really weird time in human existence right now, but also in my personal life, like during the, the this month, I've had a ton of stuff going on that has pulled me away from playing games I've been feeling a little burnout at work. So some of these feelings, and I, I just want everyone to know, like I want to wear my, my potential bias on my shirt sleeve. Some of my feelings right now could just be because it's a weird time for me and I was in a weird mood or headspace when playing this game. It's very wacky and it's got lots of things that break it up, um, like lots of mini games, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about in a little bit, but lots of mini games that are silly and break up the pace and it's constantly butting in with weird characters um, and odd situations and things that might might be more normal in Japanese culture, but seem very odd to me as an American. Yeah, um, there was a couple culture. times I have to look up stuff uh, because it just didn't make stuff uh, make sense uh, to me culturally. Yeah, and then also some stuff that probably relates more to the time period from which the game is set in the the late eighties. Um. Yeah. And I think normally I would be down for just all the wackiness and the weirdness, but sometimes it really got on my nerves. And sometimes like the really fun side stuff pissed me off because I'm just like, look, I, I'm just trying to complete the next objective and progress the story. 
and you keep pulling me aside to do these things. And, but because the game doesn't have like a immediate, like save system or auto save or whatever, it's like, I, I need to like finish this so I can save and quit. Cause I got to go hang out with my kid or I've got to go deal with this other thing that's going on. Yeah. Like, which it does get so it, annoying that there's a couple points that it's well over an hour in between save points just because of a long sequence. And there's a couple times that you are very much railroaded down a singular path of just mm-hmm. encounter, encounter, encounter. And I'm not sure if there's a checkpoint system there because I, tried very hard not to die and i carried a ton of healing stuff because of it yeah so technically i lost progress twice once i like straight up like saved quit the game came back and had to restart the chapter two because my save was just gone i don't know i don't think it would have been corrupted and then disappeared i think it might have something weird to do with the because i play this using game pass and I've had this happen to me a couple of times in games where I've lost progress because this happened when we played, um, ah, shit, uh, the other big game, Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. It happened to me when I played the Outer Worlds and I lost like a couple of saves. Um, so I think this might have a weird thing to do with like cloud saving or something oh, with the Game Pass app. I see. Uh, that's also something different. It was I was playing the Steam version. I wasn't playing the Game Club or the Game, the game Pass version. Right. And then another time I lost progress was that I saved in the middle or not. I didn't save. I paused in the middle of a cutscene because my kid needed me. And I, I was away from my computer for like nearly an hour and I came back and the game had crashed. And it had been maybe 20 or 30 minutes since I had saved. And I lost progress on that one. But that's that's the only time it crashed was when I just left it paused for a half an hour in the middle of a cutscene. Yeah, see, so, I, 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 only time I only bug I really had was uh, at one point uh, there's a uh, well, uh, as you do things in the game, uh, you get uh, uh, points to be able to unlock uh, abilities or uh, additional things like uh, be able to sprint further. Uh, have a certain big ball sky just uh, sleeping in the park every so often, that sort of thing, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also a guy nearby that uh, gives uh, packs of stuff that if you uh, complete certain objectives or uh, achievements, actually, I'm not sure what it's tied to. It just seems like sometimes uh, some are available and sometimes they're not. It may just be certain points in the game that they get, become available. I picked up one and it like scrambled all my uh, icons in my inventory, but saving and reloading uh, fixed it. It just, it was like uh, random icons, but all the descriptions and the t- item tags were the, uh, the correct items. So like all my mm-hmm. weapons were like shoes and uh, nightgowns and that sort of thing. It was uh, weird, but thankfully I didn't lose progress because of it, but also doing this going in the save system, so I was kind of crazy on my amount of saves. I mean, I have over seventy saves. That's a lot. I have five, and but I just do it use a rolling save system. I see. Uh, so every what I do is because I know how the game is set up, and also that it can screw you over if you're in a bad situation, uh, because uh, just how the game has very long sequences of being locked into a very static chain chain of events uh, every time i started playing i made a new save immediately then the first time i passed a payphone after doing something significant i would make another new save and that 
uh, secondary save would be what I would continuously update after passing a payphone or doing something until um, at the end of my playtime. Then I'll make one last save that there and I'll make another save. So every session I would have three or four saves at least because I didn't want to lose a lot of progress of having a corrupted save or something go wrong. Yeah, I, I did my saving system in the way that I do pretty much any RPG type game is I'll have like a number and I'll just keep that number rolling. And so I'll just always save over my last save and keep that going. And then occasionally at like certain milestones or something, I'll create a separate save and then it just stays there. But I mean, I only had five saves going with this, just in a rolling system. I guess I was, I'm just a little bit more paranoid with my saving. Yeah, I, su- I suppose. Yeah, just slightly, right? Yeah. I feel like um, everything in the game, so I guess to... Oh, and I will say this. I did a little bit more research while you were talking. It looks mm-hmm. like uh, Yakuza 5, they changed the save system uh, to uh, uh, be able to save at any point. So it looks like I was right. That they were trying to align it with the older Yakuza games, most likely. But also, there are save gotcha. points all over the place up until you have a long series of events that is very much uh, tied to a certain area, and that they even sometimes disable the save points. I didn't notice them being disabled, or maybe I just didn't get there to that spot. Uh, there was a couple I times know. I passed a payphone that I couldn't interact with. Gotcha. Yeah, so. All right, I want to... Do you have a specific area you want to go down? Or do you just, uh, not just want to really. pick one and I mean, start talking? I mean, do you have uh, anything you want to really focus on? Um. Uh, well, I figure we can talk about the mini games. We can talk okay. about some of the side quests. Maybe we can talk about the main story a little bit. Uh, but I mean, with, with there being 17 chapters and you being in chapter 6, mm-hmm. like, you still... Yeah, yeah, get, it, like, it, yeah. That, uh, saying that the game takes a while to get going is a severe understatement because the game has two protagonists, right? And right. it takes a long time for them to even start to interact. I've just got the first hints of the other protagonist uh, from uh, uh, the other one's point of view in Chapter 6, and that was just on a side uh, mission, on a little sub-story, which we'll get to sub-stories in a while. Uh, so it takes a long time for things to come together, and every one of the or the two intros are both a couple hours of just just cutscenes and cutscenes and you know very highly guided uh, uh, gameplay. And I'm not saying that's bad because it's uh, having the game focus on certain uh, interactions and uh, railroading you does have its point. It does build the characters and let you get into their head a little bit, but it's also you know, very distracting whenever you know, I just want to get a little bit more game time in and now you know it's 45 minutes later and i haven't even uh, really gotten to play the game is uh, too busy metal gear soliding you know yeah yep that's actually a good way to put it metal gear soliding um it i mean it does this when in each of those moments at least that i've experienced so far the story does work well um there's a lot of effort put in the right it feels very much like i guess japanese noir I don't know if there's a specific term for that. There probably is. But, I mean, the game is called Yakuza. You know, you're in the Japanese underworld, essentially. Um, or, you know, the Japanese mafia, um, if you're not aware of what Yakuza is. Uh, and so it, it does feel very noir. Like, oh, there's all this nightlife. You're investigating things. It's it's sort of dark and dirty. 
um, you know, very serious in, in that, from that story perspective. It doesn't really feel like there's a good guy, like everyone's a bad guy, but you know, they, they each have their own selfish motivations. Some of those motivations are maybe a little bit better than others, but you know, every, everyone is, is tainted essentially. And that in the same way that at least I felt like in the same way that noir is often like everyone's tainted, um, which I thought was very good. Um, but it's just, I, I want to play game in my game as well. And it's not as bad, I think, as like Final Fantasy, uh, 13, I think it was, that, you know, takes like genuinely like 10 hours before it opens up at all. Like, it's not that bad, but it certainly is, is different compared to most, uh, most games that, that I have played, even games, like, even if it's trying to be very much like an, a, a mid 2000s style of game, um, it still feels very different to games that I remember from that era with how, uh, how long it, you know, railroads a story at you before you really get to do much. Yeah. But I, I mean, when you said it could describe it as a JRPG earlier, it does feel very reminiscent of JRPGs or Metal Gear Solid games in terms of like, all right, we're going to watch the story cutscene for a while now, get some popcorn. Yeah. It's- and you're not exaggerating. Like the opening of chapter three is like an hour of mostly like these back and forth cutscenes where you're in the uh the club. The Cabernet Club, yeah, where uh you're being introduced to the other main character. So you have uh Cairo and then uh Goro. Uh well which uh Goro Machiba and uh Kazuma Cairo. So wh- Gora is a very cool eye patch. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, did you get to the point where he, you discover why he has the eye patch? Yeah, that's uh, I can't remember if that's at the end of chapter three or the beginning of chapter four, but where you see yeah. like his brother, the whole deal with his brother, mm-hmm. and then like he gets tortured and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So both of them are former yakuza, uh, and both of them are trying to get back into the family uh, through their own means. Uh, one is being uh, Ka- Kazuya uh, Kairu is being uh, uh, framed for murder. Uh, he was uh, running a protection racket. He uh, was uh, well. Yeah, he was trying to get money back from uh, a loan shark, or, or for a loan shark, and beat up a guy in an empty lot. And uh, the police found him dead of uh, the person that he was beating up dead of a gunshot wound. And he's being framed for murder, and he's trying to uh, save himself from uh, the murder rap and uh, keep his mentor from also being uh, booted out of the family, who is also the leader of their subgroup of the Yakuza, of their family. Uh, and he has this uh, mentorship. Uh, 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 well, he grew up in the orphanage that uh, uh, Kazu. Uh, Ram- the the captain yeah, guy. The captain. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I'm, I, I I'm looking. At, I'm, I'm name. looking at him, uh, looking for him on the uh, on the character list, but it's uh, right. Kazuma Shin- Shintaro Kaz- Kazuma. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him. Looking at the character list. Yeah, uh, the- and he's a, a captain in the families or in the clan of the yakuza mm-hmm. that you are in or were. In. He ran. Yeah. Yeah. And he he ran the orphanage that you and your your best friend yeah um or blood brother or whatever you want to call it uh grew up in as long as well as a essentially a sister as well 
Yeah. And the two of you decide to join the Yakuza to follow in his footsteps. And uh, this pleased him in the process, but he eventually seemed to accept of it. But they're trying to use your screw up and sarcasm quotes as leverage to get him kicked out. Meanwhile, Goro, uh, he was, uh, uh, he's not really formally kicked out from what I can tell, uh, but he's basically being forced into a civilian life to repay the debt of his blood brother. Uh, he, uh, damn it, I'm, I'm blanking on uh, why he uh, went on the murder rampage, uh, but he essentially went and shot up a another family's massage parlor killed a bunch of people and goro yeah they 36 people yeah. was what they made it seem like in that cutscene mm-hmm. or that flashback scene uh well he uh actually is in prison he didn't get killed even though it appeared to that yeah he was going on a suicide mission so he's in prison and uh goro is trying to repent uh, for uh his sins of one not being there for his brother and two, you know, the debt that his brother caused about running a cabaret club and trying to pay off that debt, which is just massive. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, when he starts, it's he owes supposedly owes like a hundred million more yen, mm-hmm. and then by the end of that cutscene, it's uh, uh, up to a half billion. Yeah. That he has to pay back. So I I don't know if he actually owed a half a billion the whole time or. Or he just and he was just the, talking about his next payment, or if the guy raised the debt. I think he raised the debt uh, to so. try to force him to do a job. Yeah, but he he hates Goro hates his life. Like the yeah. chapter three is called Gilded Cage because he feels trapped, even though he's got like all this money and status with at least the people around him that work for him, um, and the people are constantly making comments to him like, "Oh yeah, you got all this money. You must have all these girls. You can have anything you want." And he hates his life. Because it's been forced on him. Yeah. So I'm sure it's an interesting character study to you, huh? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fascinating. Like, he has a. It's actually said in. Somebody says it to him, you know, another character. It's like, oh, it's so interesting. Like, you're the only one in this town that has everything that everybody wants, but yet you want something completely different. Like, you want out of here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is. He's an interesting character. There's a lot of good character. In here, some of it I don't quite understand because of cultural differences. We kind of touched on that at the beginning, but it's still fascinating. Neat to to learn about. Um, yeah, but that's, it turned out each one of those characters, like we said before, takes a long time, and they go through the same, same tutorials a second time with the new character. Yeah, which is interesting. Like I get that they have to have to introduce his combat styles, which both characters have got three separate combat styles and then apparently there's a fourth one that you can unlock if you what is it get all the rest of the stuff yeah i think so or do something special in the and game and also you can uh get pull out weapons as well and one of them is a goddamn lightsaber yeah um but they eat, you know the characters have distinct combat styles which do play out differently i mean they're pretty simple in sort of understanding and basic execution you have basically a light attack a grab and a heavy attack, and then you can pick up weapons, um, and then you've got a a meter. Uh, it's called the heat gauge, the heat meter. But I mean, basically, it's kind of like a power meter that as you uh, deal damage and dodge attacks and things like that, and it you get depending on which combat style you're using, 
for example, for Kiryu, he's got like a, it's called like a brawler combat style. And whenever you do damage is when that builds up. And there's one that's, uh, oh, I forget what it's called, but it's like a, a like really quick and light. And it's more about dodging yeah. um, and then doing like rapid combos. So when you dodge, your heat meal meter builds up. But I mean, as it builds up, there's three levels of it. And then you can do sort of finishing moves. Um, and the more it's the full, the higher tier finishing moves that you can do. Um, it's very cool. Uh, it's pretty simple and intuitive to use. It's more of an Assassin's Creed combat style. Um, enemies kind of attack you one or maybe two at a time. Um, and you do combos and kind of finish them off with, you know, various little finishing moves that utilize the scenery really well, which I like. Um, for example, like if you've got somebody sort of backed up against a wall and you go to do a finishing move, you might like push them into the wall and punch them a few times in the chest or the stomach and like smash their head in the wall. Or you might grab them and like sling them around and throw them into a sink or a toilet. Or if there's a car and you're outside, you bash their skull into the, the hood of the car, little things like that, which I don't know how simple or how easy or simple or difficult that is to code for, but it's a really good attention to detail. And that was one of the things that I think I enjoyed the most out of the game was getting into sort of random street brawls with people and then being like, all right, how can I do, you know, what's new around here that I can try and use as a finishing move? Oh, what's hilarious is in Goro's uh, chapters, uh, if you do a finishing move whenever somebody's on the bridge, you'll actually kick them off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I mean, that's, I really, really enjoy the combat system. Um, normally I don't like these kind of beat em up style games, like not because they're bad. They just don't usually jive with me, but I think that this, this system was simple and intuitive enough, but, but and, it and, felt And it didn't feel like there was rich. one right way to play the game either, because you could get through the game just, uh, leading on really on one play style for the most mm-hmm. part. Uh, but it also rewarded you for uh, using a more effective combat style based on your uh, situation. Like if you're dealing with a lot of fast guys with uh, like Hyrule, you uh, brawler's going to have a tougher time, but you can still you know, get through it. Uh, if uh, you're in an area with a lot of weapons, you could use that. Uh, the animal uh, style that just you know, starts beast. I think it's beast style. Beast style that just yeah. starts picking up and throwing shit. Yeah, that one's great because in beast style you can pick up like motorcycles and shit on the street, yeah. and I, you can't pick those up in the other combat cells. You can pick up like a park bench and hurl it at someone or a bicycle. Yeah, I think you can always pick up bicycles. Yeah, yeah you can always pick up bicycles, but it's just hilarious. Yeah, but if you're in an area without a lot of pickups. Then you know it's weakened, but you can still use it. It's just it's not as effective, but it's not a wrong choice. Like uh, you know, uh, other games, it's always well you have a, the right move for this and the wrong move. Uh, I kind of want to go to like uh, the old Witcher game, uh, the very first Witcher game, where if yeah. you're using the wrong combat style with the wrong enemies, you're in for a very tough time, if not just dead. Yeah. Where this, if you're using the wrong combat style, you're still going to be effective. You're just not as so. Yeah. You're you're not min-maxing at that point, but you can still get through a fight with the, quote, wrong combat style. One of the other things that I really liked that was a nice touch is that the music changes based on which combat style you use. I thought that was really nice. And I think it's, I think, 
I don't know. I haven't like listened to it like super hard, but I think it's the same song that just plays it in three different, uh, three different ways. It's got three different tempos and then there are some other differences to it, but I think it's the same basic song and it's, it's nice the way that it switches on the fly as you change combat styles. And then your character like completely changes their stance and their attitude a little bit. It's for, for Kiryu, just because I spent most of the game with him, I'm more familiar with his stuff. Um, the brawler style, it's very much sort of like an American sort of uh, like dirty boxing type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, the the fast style, uh, is very much more like a martial arts, like um, sort of what I think we would think of as like karate or or no so what what we would think of as like kung fu like matrix style kung fu yeah but then you have and goro then, that has a fucking baseball bat yeah <laughs> or break dances which uh, feels the break dancing which feels very much like spike from cowboy bebop or what was the fighting game I, I think it was one of the tekken or not one of i think it's it's tekken there's the jamaican i think he's jamaican guy who does like great break dance fighting uh, i never played tekken so Eddie Gordo from Tekken. Um, he he breakdance fights. And that's exactly what I thought of. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any similarity that's, like, supposed to be played there. But, I mean, Tekken is made by... Uh, was made by Namco Bandai slash Bandai Namco, depending on which, I guess, era you come into it at. But, yeah, that's that's who I thought of. But, anyways. Yeah, the the, the fight styles are... Uh, really interesting the fighting system is a lot of fun that never got old and money comes out of your opponents when you knock them out yeah or knock them down right yeah at least until the later chapters um where you get some other sort of mini game things that are uh, other stuff that earns you a lot more money like that's where the bulk of your early game money comes from which you spend on upgrades sort of yeah you literally you literally uh, are told well, you should spend money on yourself. <laughs> yeah. By Baracus. <laughs> yeah, the uh, interesting white, old white drunk man. Um, but anyways, like you, you get level up or get uh, invest in upgrades. And it's simple stuff like health or um, it slows down the, the how quickly the heat meter drains or unlocks new moves for you. Stuff like that. It's pretty pretty straightforward, you know, if you've played these types of games. Yeah, but also you know really goes up in price at times. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's pretty standard for these types of games. If you've ever played one of these sort of progressive beat-em-up type things or, you know, something with some light RPG elements, the focus is more on, like, upgrading your character than, you know, you as a player are familiar with this type of system. Yeah, it's just, they kind of break the fourth wall on it, huh? Yeah, which I'm okay with. I like that kind of stuff. I, I appreciated that in in the game, um, but so let's see combat, um, mini games. Let's talk mini games. Oh, mini games! There are so many of them. So this is sort of the dicking around simulator where they have so many different mini games. So uh, let's see, let's see if they have a full list on here. Mini games. Okay, so uh, they have Outrun, Super Hang On, Space Harrier, Fan- uh, Fantasy Zone, Pool Darts. Disco dancing, bowling, fishing, pocket racing, uh, batting cages, karaoke. Uh, there's a cabernet and a real estate management uh, s- uh, sub game. Shiogi, mahjong, koi koi, uh, a telephone club, uh, some sort of fighting. 
uh, blackjacks, and a couple card games I don't reckon it, uh, recognize. Roulette and poker. I mean, damn, right? So, you know, you know, just a, just a few mini games, you know, not really that much to talk about. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, no, there's a bunch. Um, the game, at least what I have experienced so far, only makes you participate in a couple of things. Yeah. Oh, All of the okay, rest so of it is so, just kind of there. So that's exactly what I think, what it was. It's, uh, cat fights, as in two women fighting as well. <laughs> and Yakuza Zero. I wanted to go right. double check that. It was got... No, that's not what it... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, uh... Looks like it's based around, uh... Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Interesting. Sexy rock, paper, scissors. Rumble roses. Um, but anyways, yeah, so there's a lot of... Of many games. A lot of stuff to do on the side. And for the most part, the game doesn't make you do them. Um, in the beginning, it makes you do a little karaoke scene... Um, which is fine and fun. I spent a little time doing karaoke. And then there's the real estate and the cabaret club um, that you have to participate in. Uh, to, then, to a degree. You're not yeah. required to complete them. You're basically introduced to them. It's like, hey, you should do this. And that's it. Yeah. And then there's some other stuff that's brought up through your introduction to characters. That's like, hey, there's this thing over here. You could go check that out. You might get some rewards. But then it doesn't like make you engage in it to my experience so far there's probably some other instances later on in the story where you it, it makes you do a little bit of a mini game but for the most part they they seem very much as side distractions and they certainly were uh i participated in several of those i didn't i didn't all of them um i spent some time on the batting cages trying to set high scores and win prizes spent some time playing karaoke yeah which uh, or, a lot or, of the sorry, mini games doing don't, karaoke. don't exactly give you a lot of uh rewards at least in the beginning uh they do unlock things later on i will say that much well the biggest rewards that they give you are at least that i thought were the cps yeah. so you can get those bonuses those character points yeah which is the main reason that i did most of them the batting cages were okay i mean that's mostly timing um the karaoke is fun that's a, a little rhythm type game mm-hmm. where that you just have to push the buttons at the right time um there's the stock car racing which is what it sounds like uh, uh actually that's a little... that's a little bit different than what it sounds like because it's more uh building a, a car instead of actually racing yeah that's fair that's fair and you you can get parts for that and some of the parts for that you can win from doing the other mini games some of them you can buy and you can get some of the packs from the cloud mask guy in the park but um which boy that sounds wrong out of context (laughs) you're right it does um there's the dancing mini game or sorry the disco mini game which plays kind of like a an odd version of ddr um whether you're have sort of an on-screen dance pad that you have to match or or time up button presses with but it it feels kind of like playing ddr with a controller would i guess um their karaoke is amazing just because of the uh, yeah they go full cheese yeah cuz it starts it's like you're singing karaoke like you know in a room or on a stage or pretty whatever pretty much every video game ever whenever they do karaoke yeah but then it transitions into like you're like in a crazy like rock concert or whatever and you know you might be playing the guitar or the drums and singing and it's great i love it and it's like japanese songs and like the singing is Kind of bad, but everyone's like, yeah, you're doing so good. Oh, they're drunk. Yeah, everybody's drunk. 
there's and even though it's not a mini game speaking of that there's a lot of restaurants that you can go to eat at or get alcoholic drinks at um and i felt like that was kind of like its own little thing going and into well, all the different shops well that also unlocks people. some of the sub stories which we'll get to i guess we'll do sub stories next uh bowling was actually kind of fun uh it, it feels pretty fully uh fledged yeah um i played darts yeah i did darts was good yeah, i didn't really play darts i did fishing because of course i did that that was kind yeah. of a, a very just sit there and wait which i realized that's a lot of fishing but still it's more bobber fishing which eh. i didn't play shiogi or mahjong because i'm or koi koi because i'm not familiar with them i mean i'm familiar with mahjong but i've played lots of i've played mahjong in real life and it's just not that exciting so i don't think video game mahjong would be more exciting yeah and some but of I, this i haven't is, played shiogi or koi koi yeah and some of this uh doesn't unlock until much later as well like the casino stuff doesn't unlock until the third chapter and that's mm-hmm. and that's only in a certain uh like a uh, shady back room uh, but then you have a couple collection quests as well. You know, getting telephone cards for another character that shows up, uh, which is its own mini game. Uh, there's uh, running into all the uh, sub stories, which we'll go ahead and just go into that. The, the sub stories are kind of the the fun padding. There's a lot of sub stories. There, I've uh, accidentally closed off the uh, list. Uh, right over here, there are. 100 sub stories, which most of them are fairly short, but then there's some that are more involved uh, and requires running around. And they can run the gambit of just talking to someone and helping someone with a situation to helping Michael Jackson fight off the zombie hordes. <laughs> I definitely did not get that one. Um, uh, that was, are the sub stories including all of the friendship sort of character yeah. development things? Yeah. Okay. For the most part, uh, the friendships are not uh, are usually introduced in a uh, sub story, but they uh, aren't the entire sub story. But uh, one sub story that I got uh, with uh, Kairu was that. Uh, he met this kid crying on the corner uh, uh, in the in a shady part of town, uh, and he yeah ta- uh, yeah yeah yeah. Of course, I'm going to go to this one. Arakure quest is what that one's called. Oh uh, no 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 no! no, right no. This is a different one. Oh okay. Uh, uh, and he is he's upset because his mom yelled at him, and he's fascinated by this one vending machine uh, in this alley. Oh, this one. Okay. <laughs> and it is an adult vending machine, as in porn. So he, his mom yelled at him and wouldn't explain to him what was going on. And Karu already promised to buy him something <laughs> from it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I came back out of my honor. And and the secretary from the real estate uh, minigame is wandering around. It's like, what are you doing in this part of town? <laughs> Uh, no, nothing, nothing. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm on a walk. <laughs> uh, there's some office yeah. ladies uh, uh, that are leering at you. It's like, what? Oh, and they look over at the vending machines, like, oh, he's that sort of creep. There's a couple old women that's like, oh, he brought his son to uh, go buy porn and you know start gossiping about him. And it, it's a stealth game where you have to sneak past everyone. And if somebody spots him, he gets ashamed and has to and runs back to the start. 
and the secretary yeah. is trying to figure out uh, he never mentioned he had a son yeah and th- this side quest is called the shrink wrap dream yeah i found that one yeah the shrink wrap dream number 11 and number 12 is the one that is uh where you meet miracle johnson <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm looking for all the ones that i did so i did um arakuri quest mm-hmm. which is a little kid who uh, buys a video game and then it gets stolen by a teenager and so you beat up the teenager to get the game back but it was stolen by another guy like a thug so you beat up the thug and it was stolen by another guy who's like a yakuza member and you beat that guy up and it turns out that's the kid's dad and he stole the game to give to his kid <laughs> which was uh, that was one that was like kind of sweet but also like this is strange i wonder if this is like a japanese cultural thing just the way that they were like talking about what happened with like stealing and kind of that over the top like oh my gosh i screwed up i'm so sorry yeah. i'm so ashamed um yeah but it was uh, so sweet the damn uh, yankee uh where uh you helped the band did you do that one uh yes i did <laughs> i did that one and i did um the uh the film one let's see what is that one called the show must go on where you pretend yeah. to be the film producer um to help film like a t- a scene in a tv show that one was funny i like that one um how to train your dominatrix i didn't get that, that one. one was that one was hilarious um you like meet this random lady on the street and she's a dominatrix for like this sex club and she's like really bad she's too polite and so she takes you to like a pl- a park because you, like you talk to her and like you agree to help her. And so she takes you to a park, like a kids playground park, and you run through like this crazy like or well not crazy but through this like sex scene with her. And like you tell her what to say and you're trying to help her be a better dominatrix. And these kids come up and they're all like weirded out by it and everything. Like what are those grown ups doing? Grown ups are so weird. <laughs> and then you go back and you hide inside her room when this client comes back um the the same one from before who was like oh you're too polite you're terrible at being a dominatrix (laughs) and then she does what you taught her and i mean i assume you can do a bad job but like i did a good job so she is like a good dominatrix and makes him feel ashamed and then like you're discovered where you were hiding and then she like it's like, oh, I'm going to humiliate you in front of this man. He's your audience. Feel ashamed. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous over the top, but I really enjoyed it. It was funny. Um, but the whole time Kiryu is like, oh, this is weird. Like, I'm not like a sex pervert, but he's totally a sex pervert. Also, he prescribes to your religion. Oh, yeah, definitely. He prescribes to my religion. Uh, then there's uh, the, uh, well, did you get underneath it all? Um, I don't think uh, so. Okay. What happens in it? Because I don't okay. remember the names to all of all them. All right. Well, this one. A uh, there you run into a couple that's fighting, and the boyfriend is concerned that his girlfriend is selling herself because she has a lot of money all the time, but also re, uh, you know, is constantly breaking dates and just you know is acting strangely. So he asks you to follow. Oh, her. is this the one about the girl who sells her panties? Yes. Yeah, I got this one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I yeah, kind of yeah, maybe stole your yeah, thunder yeah, on that yeah, one. I found out that she's been selling her panties, and then you have to try to get her out of this you know, situation because she's being forced to it by this other girl who is running the ring. And eventually, some creepy guy tries to kill the lead girl because, yeah, he, uh, you know, if I can't have you, no one can. 
and that uh, mm-hmm. wakes her up to, oh crap, maybe this is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of these stories. I mean, you know, you said there was a hundred in total. Yeah. These cover like little, and you just kind of stumble upon all of these. For yeah. The yeah. Most it feels part. very like, organic on how it's done because it's, uh, uh, I'm going to make the comparison to GTA or at least the older GTAs. I never played GTA five. Yeah. Uh, where whenever you run into a, a sad story for one, there's not that many Two, uh, it, it was always a main character just introducing you. It's like, oh, here's my buddy. He's having a problem. You're never just, you know, encounter somebody having a problem just randomly. It feels a lot more natural in this, even though some of the side stories are just ridiculous. Like uh, Gora running into the guy that is is writing the legislature for implementing sales tax in Japan. And he ends up talking him up from 5% to 8% uh, and how to be able to slowly ramp it up. And he's like, wait, if they implement a sales tax, is it my fault? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it just feels a lot more, I guess, organic where, you know, you're not going to run into them all unless you really start hunting for them because some of them are hidden away in bars. Some of them are hidden away in little uh, corners of the uh, map. But at the same time, you're, you'll run into more mundane ones. You'll run into silly ones. Yeah. I think my favorite one, just because of the way that it, like, plays out, is the film one. Uh, the show must go on. Because yeah. um, it's like when it pops up, like, you, the camera, like, for, sort of focuses on these two guys. And they're talking about this problem. Like, oh, the film producer's not coming. What are we going to do? Like, we've got to get this shot done tonight. And like, yeah, but it's not like there's just going to be like somebody walking down the street who can fill the role of the producer. And it's like, Kiryu walks by and they're like, oh, my God, did you see that? The air that he has about him, like he's the guy. And it's just like the way that that starts and kind of plays out is ridiculous. But I love it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, and then there's like little... doesn't have as good a, uh, uh, sub stories. He has a few good ones. Well, his uh, uh, chapters feels a lot more directed. Yeah, it, it might open up later. Well, I'm just looking it, at the, well, sub, I'm just look at the substory list, and it does feel like Goro has about one-third of the total. Yeah. But he, um, but he also has some wacky ones, like uh, responding to bathroom graffiti. I actually didn't finish off that one before the end of the chapter because I ended up getting railroaded down a, uh, the list, or down the uh, that one uh, sequence. Uh there's one where a uh, former Yakuza had his face altered. Did you run into that? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think uh, so. And he ends up, uh, uh, he was in trouble, so he had his face uh, surgically altered and was and told his family that he died, but he lives near where his family used to. So he's been watching over his, uh, uh, well, widow and their son. He goes there and plays with his son every so often. And, and the Yakuza shows up and it's like, oh, yeah, we know who you are. And you chase him off. And it's hinted that the wife knew all along, but not really. You know, had a suspicion that, you know, something was going on with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets to spend time with his son, even though his son doesn't know. But yeah, just. That's cute. Uh, Goro at one point is uh, roped into pretending to be somebody's boyfriend. <laughs> yep. Which that was cute. Uh, so was the crossword one. Crossed words. Mm-hmm. 
Like it just doesn't have as many, but it might just be just how the chapters play out as well. Yeah. Um, then there's, I assume these develop into their own extra side stories. I never developed a friendship with a character enough to get the, get to that, but there are characters that you interact with and you'll get like a, like a tiny sort of dialogue cutscene type thing. And then it'll be like, ah, oh, you developed a relationship with this person and it's like a, a little meter. Then you fill up the friend meter. And I ran into a few of those. Like there was a store clerk who uh, at, liked Kiryu. Yeah, at the, uh, uh, uh convenience store. Yeah. Okay, so that one uh, ties into the real estate. Okay. And then there was a, a, a cop. Um, uh, that just gets you equi- uh, equipment. I did that before. Okay. Um, and there were a couple others that I'm just trying to blink on that because for some reason they weren't as notable uh, to me. Well, I'm, I got a list here. So let's see. The cop uh, gives you an item. Uh, pocket Circuit, uh, circuit Fighter. Which that's a a mini game that we didn't really talk about. It's basically building up your car, and it's pretty automated for the most part. It's just uh, uh gives you a, a race car. Uh, the sales clerk gives you real estate. Uh, a couple of them only give CP. So yeah, I mean it's kind of runs the game, but yeah, but um, you know they're just little cute things that I like. I figured would build up into something mm-hmm. a little bit more maybe give you a reward uh, it, it, or a small yeah, quest yeah, or something depends. some of them are just don't give you anything some of them unlock stuff uh like uh one unlocks uh some of the mini games in the uh sega arcades mm-hmm. so let's see what else is there to talk about well let's i mean we've been kind of all over the place but the game also was kind of all over the yeah. place so combat story side stuff um mechanics a little bit yeah I, I, let's see. Well, the, well we didn't like mention that, oh. uh, just why the empty lot was so important in uh, uh, Kairu's story was that it's like, uh, it, this is taking place during the late 80s, so there's a big real estate boom going on, and it's like the one piece of the puzzle that's blocking all the different uh, uh, families from uh, completing their real estate empires. Basically, it's like uh, they're playing Monopoly, and but this is like the last uh, card for all the property sets just because of how the city is laid out mm-hmm. and you're eventually contacted by a real estate company that's essentially another yakuza like organization but not part of the families and end up working with them to try to secure the empty lot to uh protect your master essentially forgot to even go into what the empty lot was since we mentioned it yeah um I think the only other thing that I really want to say about the game is that I got a lot of uh, Red Dead 2 vibes from it. Not, It's not as bad in that aspect. Like when I, The way that I said it to you is I was like, the game faffs about, and then it faffs about while it faffs about to try and cover the fact that it's faffing about. Like it, it does present lots of opportunities for you to waste your time. But in in unlike the way that Red Dead does it, where it sort of forces it down your throat with its yeah, AI director that creates all these random events that get in your way, for the most part, you can just say, okay, I'm not going to go, at, no cousin, I'm not going to go polling today, well, or whatever. Well, or, you know, you can, well, here's the other thing, is that as you do sub-stories and complete them, there's fewer in the pool. So right. it's kind of front-loaded on just the amount of... Uh, you're able to do uh they do unlock uh some every chapter 
but because I skipped a lot of them in chapter two, when a lot of them unlock, uh, whenever I got back to Kairu in chapter five, uh, I had a lot more essentially on the table to run into later. And sometimes, you know, you have to actually trigger them. You have to talk to someone. Sometimes it's just you're in the area. So it's one of those things that as you play through the game, it becomes less of an issue. I found once I went got back to Kairu, outside of getting railroaded into the real estate minigame, uh, uh, I was able to uh, uh, not really do as much of the uh, side stories. because, Or I wasn't forced into as many side stories because... Uh, once I did a few of them in chapter five, uh, there wasn't much. Uh, whenever I went to chapter six, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I did quite a quite a few in chapter two, and I know that there's some that you know for sure would uh, will unlock later. But I just, you know, I just felt like the game kept trying to get in the way of me playing the game, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like I said, like this, it's just part of like yeah, the mood that I was in from this month from all the craziness that been had been going on but i just didn't really have the patience for that right now every time a side mission popped up it, here's how it went i went well shit i'm just trying to i'm just trying trying to find the goddamn sake for the guy so i can get to the next part of the main story and then i would do it and i'd be like you know what that was a lot of fun that was really silly i had a good laugh all right game that's that's fine now, let, now tell me where the sake is and then i'd run into another one and it's like well dang it and that's kind of part of the reason well, why well, I missed well, that honestly, story part for a little well, bit. Well, honestly, uh, for the uh, booze, I just looked it up because I knew that they were hidden away in a couple of different uh, stores. But, okay, I, I found the list, alright? So, a bunch unlocks in Chapter 2, obviously, because that's the first time that you really run into them. And a bunch mm-hmm. unlock in Chapter 3. Uh, there's only two, five, there's six that unlock in Chapter 4 whenever you get Goro, alright? There's okay. a bunch more that unlock in Chapter 5 whenever you're kind of uh, getting more into what's going on or uh, with uh, Karu, alright? Mm-hmm. A handful unlock in Chapter 6, a bit more unlock in Chapter 7, three more unlock in Chapter 8 with Majima, two unlock in Chapter 10, and then nothing un- more unlocks until you're in the finale. So, yeah. Once you get to, like, the second or through the second third of the game when you start knocking out the sub stories you're going to have a lot fewer of them showing up because you've done most of them you kind of front load them whenever things are not as high stakes i suppose but that goes back to the very first thing that i said was that this game doesn't understand what pacing is or at least western pacing it could just be another cultural thing that's true that is true but i mean i'm going to give the game another shake um in in a little bit of time i'm not sure exactly how long probably in a month or two and then start playing it again and see uh how it fares then once things are you know quote more normal for me in my life um and give it another shake and i'll probably come back and and see what my updated thoughts are but i can recognize that the game is is a good game i mean it's got its flaws for sure but you know, I can recognize that it's a good game and that for some reason it just didn't connect with me at this time. Well, I would still recommend it to anybody who likes this type of game. Well, also, to be fair, we picked out our games whenever things were a lot more normal, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we pick 
when we do this, uh, we used to not do it this way, but here the last, I guess, year or so, whenever we pick games, we do several months at a time. And I think the last time we picked out games was February or March. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in certain parts of the world, certainly the the uh, COVID pandemic was, was in full swing. But in the United it States... It was still a Democratic really... hoax in the United States, you remember? But yeah. There, there was 15... Uh... Uh, patients there were it was all contained it was going to end uh in a couple weeks yeah which i mean you know we didn't specifically believe that but we also didn't realize like how horrible it would turn out to be in america because of government because of presidential because of rudderless bullshit. government yeah i mean I, I, I don't want to okay i'm gonna say one thing about this the fact that wearing a mask is being politicized now and getting mocked for following the CDC guidelines. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think I think that's pretty much all I have, or what I have left to say about Yakuza Zero at this point. Like, I recognize that it's a good game, and for reasons that I think I can pretty clearly identify with me, like in my life, it didn't connect to me in a way that I think it otherwise would have. Yeah, because and so I'm gonna give. Yeah, this seemed so much your game when I played it a year ago. Because it's wacky, yeah. it, it faffs about every so often, it does some weird shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it another shot in a in a month or two, and um, I'll you know probably report back then on how it turned out for me a second time. Yeah, and I intend to keep on playing it. I've I've said this about about a couple of game club games, and it's kind of fallen on the wayside. But this one, I do want to see how it ends, and. I do want to continue on with the series, potentially in Game Club, maybe on my own, I don't know, uh, and just see where things go, because I do know that the one of the main characters is the main protagonist for the main series, for a good chunk of it, at least. So, this is a good intro into it as well. And mm-hmm. it's also fun just seeing how different the two protagonists are. One is very smooth, the other is kind of gruff and... Yeah, very headstrong, uh, but has yeah. You know, he's not an idiot. He's just you know, not as graceful, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, it's hilarious so, whenever one of them uh, gets a new move. It's that's rad. Or, Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's rad. That's I like that. I, I had several good chuckles at that. Um, but yes. So speaking of uh other game club games and planning this stuff out. Uh, we do have our next game club game all ready to go. And this is another big one, probably an even bigger one than Yakuza zero. Um, for June, we are going to be playing tyranny, a CRPG that's been given away. I think a couple of times on Twitch prime. Um, I think it is or was on game pass. Um, and then it is also available on steam for you to purchase um the summer sale is coming up although that's usually like towards the end of june so it that could very possibly be way too late to start get and start this but who knows you know i'm not your dad you you do what you do you listener oh you're just the evil overlord um i'm looking to see if it is actually still on game pass it is tyranny gold edition oh no it's not i lied you can buy tyranny gold edition so it's not on game pass anymore but I, I know it was at, at one point. Um, but if you have Twitch Prime and you keep up with getting your monthly free games, you definitely have it. Um, if you had Twitch Prime last year. And then, yeah, you can get it on Steam for 
30 bucks for the base game and then it goes up from there a couple of different editions of the game but anyways so I'm looking which one of them to this. has the slowed villain reveal with the the cat the long-haired cat <laughs> i don't know we'll find out i'm excited though i'm very excited for this uh i've been looking forward to playing this game for a while um so i'm hoping that it's a very um divinity like experience um you know i don't expect it to be exactly the same but divinity was the series that kind of got me back into playing this type of game um in tyranny in tyranny you're playing basically the bad guys so i'm looking forward to being an evil piece of shit yeah and hopefully you're actually able to be an evil piece of shit instead of anti-hero yeah i i yeah i hope so i don't want to be an anti-hero i play other games for that i want to be a tyrannical overlord shit heel and love it so tyranny the game club game for june coming soon to a podcast near you june has got what five five weeks in the way that we do podcast recording one two three four yeah five weeks so june the 30th the last day is a tuesday so yeah, which is, uh, Tyranny was actually picked before Yakuza. Yeah. It's my fault. It was you. Um, but let's, let's mosey on over to our news topics for the evening. Um, our first news topic of the night, uh, which is kind of a pickup from last week, Doom Eternal will drop Denuvo anti-cheat. Well, it's good to see that, yeah, they're doing the right thing at the end. I mean, this... Sh- that really shouldn't have been a thing for the single player anyway. I mean, honestly. Oh, and the patch is out now. So, yeah, uh, it was uh, released okay. a, a couple hours ago. Okay. So, um, so it has been released, and the uh, that anti cheat is gone now. But they're going to yeah. repatch it into the multiplayer scene. It's just they're going to allow it, uh, cheat uh, cheating in single player. Right, which is basically what we said last week they should do yeah so you know this was all us guys yeah we did it <laughs> i mean i mean we're, um, we're two years past where total biscuits influence has ended so it's us now it's all us it's our turn that's right it's our turn um Which, uh, that also no, makes I'm, me sad that you know two-year anniversary yesterday yeah i saw uh jenna's tweet and i was sad yeah I, but um uh, and jenna hasn't been doing all that well she had the corona Oh, I didn't know that she had. Yeah, that she had that. I know that she's had some other problems. She had to have dental surgery a couple of times, and she's had some other stuff going on. I didn't know that she had. Did she caught the COVID? Yeah. Um, but yes, no, no sadness, happiness. Denuvo anti cheat is gone from the single player of Doom. So yay! I don't, I don't really know what else to say about that. I mean, it's an update from last week. Uh, they re- made changes that were good for the consumer. Which doesn't happen very often. Yeah, uh, it's nice to see an actual step forward in uh, them, you know, actually falling through as well. Saying, "Oh, well, we're moving uh, a couple weeks," but they did it. Yeah. Um, is that the fastest we've ever gotten through a news topic? Uh, perhaps. All right, let's see if we can do faster know. in the next one. I don't know what else to say. KSP two delayed to twenty twenty one. All right, there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, right after we... Yeah, Jim uh, sent us th- uh, this, so, you know, kind of... Uh, this could have been Community Corner, but... Uh, I don't... Things are weird this week. Yeah, I don't really uh, mind them delaying it, because 
we've had so many instances of games being pushed out when they're not even in a beta state. You know, there's, and this isn't even an early access issue. I mean, this has been a problem for years. So uh, delaying the game to be able to work on it more. Uh, this was mostly due to the pandemic, uh, the difficulties of uh, just be able to publish a game you know, completely remotely, right? Right. Um, but I mean, I'm glad that they, that they are doing it. I mean, they could have chosen to press forward and, um, do insane crunch periods. I mean, I don't know. They might still wind up doing crazy crunch periods, but I'm hoping that pushing it back another year, like another full year, um, will give them the time and space to do it without having to stress for, you know, for all time. So, I mean, whatever it takes for them to make it a good game. I mean, I haven't, um... You know, I'm not, like, hurting up for Kerbal 2. Like, I'm not, you know, really upset. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward um, to it. That That's the thing. I'm looking forward to playing it, especially with some of the teaser. Possibly uh, more to do off-world. Mm-hmm. Because that, that was kind of the thing, is that it was, at the end of the day, without mods. And I'm done giving excuses for modded content. Uh it was essentially a checklist of, okay, take this part to uh, here and run it to get the uh, sounds to be able to unlock the next parts. There wasn't a lot of reason to have a presence outside of your fueling stations. So if they're able to do some sort of additional thing with uh, it, be it colonization, be it uh, ongoing science experiments, be it a better uh, mission syst- uh, uh, system, Mm-hmm. then you know, that would be a huge step forward for KSP2. But it also looks like they're doing a lot more science fiction stuff as well. I mean, hell, they had the Orion Drive, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Orion Drives, nuclear, as in nuclear bombs. They chuck one out the back and rob the shockwave. Yep, and they do that repeatedly yep. to reach speeds a, a fair uh, percentage of uh, the uh, speed of light. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean a couple percentage points, but that's still you know better than rockets. Yeah, it's way better than rockets. So, matter of fact, now I need to check this. Uh, so, uh, Project Iran, what was the? Uh, they theorized three point three percent of the speed of light. For the the minimum limited uh, energy limited at 0.33%, which is still a thousand kilometers a second, right? Which is really fucking fast, at least compared to anything we have here on Earth. Yeah. Well, uh, well, they give uh, this uh, time to Alpha Centauri, all right? One way with no slowdown, all right? Basically driving right past it. The energy limited version. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to make sure I have this right. Uh, energy limited, I think it's just how many bombs we can make. Uh, 1,330 years. With momentum limited, 133 years. <laughs> right? Yeah. Much faster. Still a long time, but much faster. Yeah, I mean, it, it's only estimated cost one year of the U.S. GDP, uh, uh, GNP uh, in uh, 1968. Yeah, 3.5. Six seven trillion, right? Nah, that's nothing. No worries, we can do that. Easily. Yeah, NASA has that budget, right? <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Just, just go get it. 
But uh, cough it up, NASA. But having uh, drabs like that makes me also wonder if they're going to have a larger star, star system or multiple star systems. You know, just what is the scope of this game now, right? Because that's one thing they yeah. wanted to do was make a lot larger system, but uh, they uh, the, they just ran into so many engine uh, limitations because they were using Unity, and you know, just they just could do only so much with it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I would be okay with them having a larger star system. I think they're expanding more into, I mean, pretty clearly they're expanding more into either like sci-fi, maybe even if it's like, you know, more hard sci-fi, like try to be either sci-fi or, you know, uh, perspective uh, future, you know, uh, like, uh, well, this technically would work if we had the tadium to build something that could withstand multiple nuclear blasts, right? Yeah. Or, you know, those pesky treaties never were signed. Yeah, who needs those treaties? They suck. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure we'll be leaving those soon enough, you know, to get that super duper missile. And Yeah. And, yes, that's actually a quote. He wants a super duper missile in space. <sighs> get on vote. Yeah, that's hardcore uh, against international treaty. Um, so, uh, shall we, uh, get away from a stupid topic and go to a stupid topic? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, our next news topic, Formula E driver Daniel Apt uses a professional gamer to compete for him in an esports race. <laughs> oh, I-, I saw this and it's just, I had to set it aside because it, this is ridiculous. So, uh, all sports everywhere canceled, okay? So, mm-hmm. These athletes or drivers or pilots or whatever you want to call them, because it seems like depending on the different race teams and the different uh, 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 just leagues or organizations, uh, some call themselves pilots, some of them call themselves drivers. Uh, there's uh, the, the NASCAR guys that think they're athletes somehow. I th- I think do think there's a certain amount of athleticism to being a race car driver. Yeah. I mean, those G-forces are pretty yeah, intense true. If, yeah, true, at high but, speed. But. Yeah, true, but I also like to shit on NASCAR a little bit. Because That's fair. It's a, it's a, it, it gets a little bit crazy here during the year. Yeah. Uh, I think this is this is like a fun, funny, interesting news topic. Because Formula E is the closest a real-life sport is to video games. Which, if you don't know what Formula E is, listeners, Formula E is like Formula 1. But the E stands for electric, and the vehicles are all electric. And there's different, like, sort of classes and different sort of speed ratings that are applied to them. But you literally have, like, booster strips and booster buttons where that it's all computer-controlled. But if you go through sort of the turbo spot on the track, it's a slower line, but then you get a turbo boost that you can use later to apply additional power to your car and things like that. And it's like... This is video games, but in real life. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah, well, it's not nearly as good as Marbula E. As what? Marbula E. What is that? <laughs> okay, so whenever they ca- uh, they canceled the ter- uh, the season, uh, uh-huh. I showed you Marble Runs, right? Yeah, yeah. He got a contract with the Marbula, or with the, the Formula E Racing Association. Oh my goodness, it is, that's And it's doing the season. <laughs> But in a good way. That sounds amazing. Now, what's even better is uh, John Oliver for last week tonight is uh, sponsoring the uh, next Marble Games <laughs> uh, next month. Oh, I just go- I just looked this up on YouTube. Marbula E. That's I'm going to be spending time uh, well, on this later. No, well, Marbula One is already done the season, 
So you have a full season oh, okay. of Marbula One as well. <laughs> it is glorious. Uh, jelly or Jelly's uh, Marble Runs. This is amazing. <laughs> and I'm going to be uh, just, spending a lot ju- of time. Just sit there and watch the this. intro. Just uh, just mute it and watch the intro. It's the full on uh, Formula E intro. Only they replace all the cuts of the cars with marbles. <laughs> Oh, this is great. I'm going to spend so much time on this. Let's just put it this way. Me and Anita sat and watched the entire uh, uh, Marbula 1 season. <laughs> and then a couple nights ago, we ended up watching the Winter Marble Olympics uh, from a couple years ago. Because it's just, it's not even rant as a joke. It's all you know, serious. And they also do backstories with some of the teams and if there's a, a malfunction they'll uh say well it, it, uh, uh, uh Mimo was sick for uh, team Momo uh, so they're uh, bring in the alternate <laughs> I'm gonna watch this with my kid I think that he's gonna love this we'll see how long it lasts but uh, I'm gonna well, try and watch this with him well, the Marbula 1 uh, season has a video with all the qualifying events and all the racing in one hour-long video. But they also have the booster trips for Marbula E. <laughs> That's great. I've actually never watched a, a Formula E, so I wasn't sure just how uh, uh, accurate uh, the Marbula E was because I ended up just watching that because I've been following this channel for like two years now. Yeah. No, Formula E is very much like video game. Video games meets real life. So are we actually trying to get back on topic now? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's. We haven't even actually covered the uh, the news okay, topic so, aside from reading the. Okay, so they were having a charity event uh, or a charity a charity tournament. Uh, uh, all, all the drivers streaming their own race, and. They noticed that this one driver suddenly got really good at the race because the previous one, uh, they were uh, doing our racing, I believe it was, which is one of the more intense uh, sims out there. And let's face it, uh, translating uh, real life driving skills to video game and vice versa does not work one to one. You can be the best car driver in the world and you're not going to be able to pick up a a sim racing game and say, oh, well, I'm just going to win all the time. No. Well, he had a dramatic improvement from one week to the next. And one of the drivers asked him to turn on his video because he wasn't streaming a a face cam. And the camera was blocking (laughs) uh, the actual face of the person driving. So that was suspicious. Well, he it finally came out that, yes, he hired an esports driver to race for in a charity event, right? Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I kind of understand, like, race car drivers are some of the most competitive people I've ever seen in any sporting event mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, But, I mean, that's still, like, it's a charity event, dude. Just, like, have fun with it. Raise money for charity. I know, and, like, he says, like, in the article, like, he's quoted as saying, like, uh, where is it? Um, he apologized. Um, I didn't take this as seriously Ooh, as I should have. Uh, which actually, I- there was another thing that I, I that has popped up since then. He's actually gotten fired from his team. Oh snap! 
That's intense. I, I, I was just searching to see if there's been further developments. It, his, uh, uh, his, uh, Aldi drops, uh, Daniel Aldi, uh, for using Ringer during uh, virtual uh, Formula E race. And damn, right? Is this his actual team or, uh, uh, the, uh, I don't know. I don't know the Formula E teams very well. Um, I've just seen a few races here or there because I find it interesting. Uh, uh, he said that he thought the idea was be funny and he planned to release a video about the whole race. Uh, he was supposed to be uh, competing in the fifth round of Formula E online sim racing series, which was started up in April alongside virtual substitute series from Formula One, NASCAR, and IndyCar. Formula E sim series was not only meant to give fans something to watch uh, during the pandemic, but also was supposed to keep the drivers and teams connected all while raising funds for UNICEF. Let's see, he tapped uh, 18-year-old Lorenz Hordens who had been competing in the same uh, racing section at Formula E uh, events to run in his place, which uh, he has also been uh, suspended from his sim racing series as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, he dressed the part as well, but just uh, if the microphone, if he had to uh, uh, put on his video, he had a microphone blocking his face. But yeah. Well, there, there you go, I guess. Don't, uh, and, I mean, they don't take uh, cheating uh, all that well. I mean, this is a form of cheating. And it's not even yeah. running to Nero. I owe. So, he'd, he'll probably, well, I don't know. I was about to say, he'll probably be okay. In Formula 1, whenever drivers get fired, they usually get hired by another team. Like, it doesn't really, unless they just, like, are terrible. But, I don't know, Formula E might have different rules regarding that. Um, so... Yeah, I'm I guess we'll. This is the actual. Uh, yeah, I think that's the actual team. <laughs> and it's definitely fired. Not he was suspended or got reprimanded, but he got. Uh, fired. Aldi drops uh, uh, Daniel Albert for using Ringer during Formula E race. This is from TechCrunch a day ago. Here, I'll uh, I'll add this to the show notes so you can see this. There you go. So yeah, fired from Audi's Formula E team. Damn, right? Dang. Yeah, damn. And he's also uh, been fined uh, 10,000 pounds, or 10,000 euros, sorry, uh, which will be sent to ch- to the charity. Well, that's that took a serious <laughs> turn. I mean, really, right? On, on the one hand, I kind of feel bad for him, but also on the other hand, like, I feel like if you're in this sport, like, you should know how seriously these governing bodies take these issues. And doing something like that, I've, you would have to know you would get reprimanded, at least like badly reprimanded. And also, I'm actually the, gonna... also the uh, the ringer also lost his uh, place with his team. So damn right. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna try and follow this along and just <laughs> see if there's any further developments with it in the next week or so. Because mm-hmm. I, I that's genuinely interesting to me. I was just seeing if there was anything more. I didn't expect him to be fired. Yeah, I, I was expecting a spanking, maybe you know, but it went from suspended to fired. Uh, he was suspended two days ago and fired today, or uh, or sp- fired yesterday. So damn. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> um. Let's let's move on to our final news topic of the night. Um. League of Legends will feature advertisements on in-game. Banners. Okay, so this is uh, also eSport related. 
Uh, and this is uh, basically their way of doing uh, banners in-game during their Invitational. Uh, uh, upcoming summer spirit of the game esports scene. And sponsors will get, uh, get to display their brands on in-game on the in-game map during the competition's broadcast. So this is actually not a, as major as it seems. Because just from the headline, it is a little clickbaity saying that, oh yeah, uh, there'll be advertisements on banners in games, but it doesn't say, oh, well, it's just going to be during their big esports thing going on. And it's for the streamers. It's for the people watching the stream of these matches. It's not going to be an in-game thing that you see just yet. And honestly, after watching some esports... Uh, being able to shift it to more of a traditional model where you're able to uh, yeah, just see a banner uh, in the uh, field in, or a advertisement on the field instead of, okay, now let's go back and watch uh, the commentator eat Tostino's pizza rolls for 10 minutes again, right? It's yeah, It feels like it legitimizes it a bit more and makes it a little bit more of a known quantity. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say that, yeah, they should have this all the time. This should be, you know, in the game no matter what. But make it a little less cringy having legitimate uh, advertisements for their esports uh, tournament instead of how they've been doing it. Fine, all right? Because I know that, you know, they have to have sponsors for these sort of things. I mean, you can't do Valve where, you know, okay, well, everybody's going to buy the season pass for uh, this thing and it's going to fund pretty much all the tournament. No, you can't do that. So there's going to be some sort of sponsorship deal. There's going to be something going on. At least with this, they yeah can make it a little less cringy, hopefully. And it looks like... Yeah, it, I hope so. It looks like it's just going to be a logo. Yeah. I mean, real-world professional sports have been doing this for a long time. Like, you see the ads, or not the ads, but, like, the banners on, uh, you know, sidelines, dugouts, whatever, based on whatever sport that you're watching. Maybe the sides of the stadium. Like, those predominantly in this day and age are either uh, screens that the ads just change or, you know, or they're uh, graphical overlays that aren't actually there in the stadium. And then you just see them at home. Um, so, I mean, they're they're doing this in professional sports now for better or for worse. Like, they have been for forever. I mean, how technology was it baseball doing this changed. for like 50 years or something? Yeah, yeah, baseball, um, American football, soccer, or football, um, tennis. D- did golf. you just take like, on an accent to say football? Football, yes, I did. Weirdo. Football. But the fact that it looks like they're just doing logos, if the screenshot is anything to believe, uh, means that you kind of have to know these brands anyway, right? Yeah, it's that, that weird thing of like, well, why are you advertising Coke? and you know visa or whatever everybody already knows you but that's kind of why they just have their advertising everywhere all the time Mm -hmm. to keep up public awareness but i mean that's that is something that has been going on forever in in professional sports basically so to see it coming to esports and that's in the same way does feel like another big legitimization of esports as an actual type of sport in the greater world context because it's like oh these things are big enough that we can like we should stick our advertising in here. And, you know, like I said, for better or for worse, there's certainly uh, cons to it, just like there are pros, but, you know, 
if if it's this versus and I know it'll be both. I know it will. But if it's this versus like more microtransactions and loot boxes, I'll take your banner ad for Visa and uh you know, Ford or something. Well, that's the thing is know? this isn't for the uh, actual uh day-to-day gaming. This at least for the time being seems to be focused purely on the streaming aspect of uh, uh the esports pro matches. So, yeah, and I don't really watch very many esports because most of the games that have esports I'm not interested in. But, I mean, as the 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 sport continues to grow, mature, expand, whatever, I mean, eventually I bet there will be games that I would be interested in watching, even if it's just occasionally like how I consume real world sports like um uh, we watch the World Cup every year because my wife loves uh soccer. I watch the Super Bowl just about every year. I didn't watch it this past year, but usually I watch the Super Bowl every year as like a get yeah, together but with th- some friends. But that really counts as a stuff, sporting event these days. Maybe. I mean, I don't really care too much about the commercials. I I watched it for a while, sort of ironically or unironically for the commercials, and now I don't. I actually watch it for the football. But I mean, I watch golf. I do watch golf. Um, I haven't watched golf regularly in a few years, I guess. But I used to watch golf regularly, and tennis. Um, I'm terrible at tennis. I used to be a little bit better when I was less of a round shape and more in shape. But hey, I'm round is a shape now. That's true. I could be like a giant ball. I'm round enough and fuzzy but, enough. I mean, I, I like to, I like to watch tennis. Um, so. I mean, there are sports that I watch, despite not being a very sporty person. So I can imagine that me being a, a gamey person, there will eventually be esports games that I'm interested in watching. Well, until Blizzard cocked things up, I actually enjoyed watching some StarCraft uh, esports. It's just uh, after you know, everything that happened, it's just that. Then when I reward them anymore, and I didn't care that much about it. It was just, you know, if I catch it on, I'd watch some of it. Uh, but they had something similar to this, uh, only it was an overlay on the actual battlefield uh, for the different tournaments. So it would easily be adjustable if, you know, Blizzard needed the funding uh, to have some sort of branding. So I could definitely see it uh, being a thing in other esports, possibly. Uh, I mean, this is just going to be attacked on uh, stream this isn't going to replace anything this they're still going to do the loot boxes they're still going to do the battle passes they're going to do everything because you know they can't leave money on the table right right that phrase can't leave money on the table yeah which is kind of just how desperate uh, get, uh some developers are just to make a buck huh yeah although replace some with most well I, I, i'm saying some because yeah uh, the indie scene uh, is pretty big. Fair enough. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting to see just where this goes. Uh, see if they just yeah, make it as cringy as they do uh, some of their post-game <laughs> advertising. I mean, how many times did I have to uh, uh, see them talk about Stadia being uh, the uh, pinnacle of gaming? It's not. They're lying, right? Oh, speak, speak. Yes, speaking of Stadia, also, it just got a little tingle in my nether regions. The way you said they're lying, um, but uh, Stadia you can get for free for two months now, like their quote subscription. 
you can get two months yeah, free. Yeah, they're that desperate. Yep. So I'm probably going to sign up and just check it out since I can get two months for free. Uh, but it's going to have to be pretty goddamn impressive to get me to stay past that. I'm not even going to I already bother. got one, one excellent game subscription service, which is Game Pass. Yeah, but the thing is, I think the Stadia in theory, you uh, wouldn't have to have a gaming-capable uh, computer if the service was actually even halfway decent. Yeah. Um, But I don't... Maybe... We'll talk about that later whenever I actually check it out. But... Yeah, that uh, that does it for our news topics this week, though. Which means that does it for the show because of how we're doing things this week. Um, we like we said earlier, we got that one thing about KSP from Jim, but we didn't really like do like a separate community corner thing. But Rage, where could they send us messages if they wanted to? Well, they could send it to us at vjobpodcast at gmail dot com. Or do like Jim and tweet it to us, VGL Podcast, on the Twitter. And, Rage, hit them with them socials. Well, Where can they find I've you? I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me maybe on YouTube someday, Gaming with Caffeine Rage. You can find me on the Twitter, Gaming with CR. Or if you wish to be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage there as well. You've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist. On Twitter, at JMA4707. I've been very active on Twitter here recently, this last week or two, and uh, only a little bit of it is political. Oh, that's a um, first. And then if you, yeah, and then if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending a friend request to JR34707. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is, holy shit! <laughs> nice. Holy shit! Yeah, every time... One of the main characters sees something amazing. One says, that's rad. And the other one says, holy shit. <laughs> uh, from Yakuza Zero. <laughs> and I yep. couldn't pass it up. Can you blame me? No, if you say holy shit to me, I will try to remember to respond, that's rad. <laughs> you won't. I'll I'll try. And he's lying. No, I'm not lying. I'll try. But that doesn't log me into getting into <laughs> trouble if I don't do it. So if you wish to cause some trouble... Uh, you could contact us once again, vjobpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or just tweet them to us, vjobpodcast, on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons are to blame for this absolute madness. You can find out more at patreon.com slash vjobpodcast. And they also support us through our Podbean account. This hosts the RSS feed, the show notes, links to all our stuff online. Or you can find us on your podcatcher of choice if Somehow, if you're listening to us and don't have it already, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you wish to find us. And for Jared, that may be several places you really don't wish to find them. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work over at Incomputech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye-bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye.